the show about gun rights, gun safety, and responsible gun ownership. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIPC. And welcome back to The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. By the way, uh, Joe Bonamassa, High Water Everywhere, that, that's fairly good music to be playing right about now with the ridiculous amount of rain we've had here lately, although I'm seeing a little sunshine break out here on Monument Circle. But I'm going to go right to the drivehubler.com hotline, and we have uh, IU McKinney, uh, professor of law, uh, who teaches constitutional law, among other things, Professor John Hill, and, and John, uh, this is the first time you've joined us here on the Gun Guy Show, but thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedule to, to uh, chat with us here today. Happy to be here, Guy. So first of all, I think you were on the line. Could you hear my description of the general process by which we get a constitutional amendment passed here in Indiana? Did I have it more or less correct? Yeah, it's it's a pretty detailed process, Guy. It's uh, It requires that both houses pass the amendment in two consecutive legislative sessions. So it'd have to be passed by the House and Senate in this session, then it'd have to be passed again in the next session, and then it goes to the people. So it's a, you know, it's a complex and it's a lengthy process, quite frankly. And that's part of the problem with this, uh, with this proposed amendment. Sure. And, and, you know, but I like that. I mean, I like the fact that it's a somewhat cumbersome uh, process, both at the federal level and here in Indiana, because uh, it should be, because constitutional amendments shouldn't be based on political whim uh, or on on social pressure or anything along those lines. But we have SJR 1, SJR, I believe, is Senate Joint Resolution, and and this proposes to change the Constitution. The Constitution currently says that bail shall be available in all cases— and ultimately up to the judge, but it's available in all cases except in, in cases of treason or murder. Right. And this would propose an amendment, and, and clearly this is driven by a lot of people. And by the way, and first to admit, I, I've come on this radio station. I've been on Hammer and Nigel, been on my own show, and talked about the revolving door of the criminal justice system and violent repeat offenders are kicked right back out onto the street with low or no bail. And, and and to address some of that concern, uh, legislators have come forward with this proposal, but it would it would offer a solution in a way that I know causes a lot of people some concern, including yeah. me, because yeah. it, it would say in, in any case where an offender, and again we're talking about people accused of a crime, not right. not not convicted of any crime that poses quote a substantial risk to the community. Yeah, that upon yeah, that lady. finding, they could be denied bail. What is, what's your reaction to this, and, and what are the, the concerns you might have? Yeah, um, Guy, you and I both know as lawyers that there are fewer terms in the law more vague than substantial. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so the, the problem with this is, uh, well-intended though this may be, um, the, it's so broad that the, the language, I mean, we can imagine situations where, for example, Someone is arrested for a nonviolent crime, and uh, suppose it's uh, a judge who doesn't like gun owners and decides, uh, well, you know what, that they may go out and shoot someone. They're a substantial risk, and you can be held without uh, bail for trial uh, for months or a year. Um, and there's there's not even a connection between the, the the underlying crime. You know, what was it you were arrested for? In the in the substantial risks, it's a very vague term. Substantial is vague. Risk. What does that mean? Emotional, physical, 
and, and there's no connection even between the underlying crime and the uh, the reason for which one can be held. So it's it's uh, um, again, I think the, the I understand the uh, motivation, but. Um, I think we need to slow this down and take some time and look at it again and uh, to uh, to draft something a little more uh, narrowly tailored. Well, on that point, and, 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 and listen, I, I, you teach this subject, and, uh, and, 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 and so you're going to know infinitely more on this point, but um, it's, a, it's a basic requirement of due process that, that a law uh, be sufficiently clear so that people can yeah. understand what's legal and what's not, particularly when it comes to a criminal statute that can end up in putting people in jail. And I, yeah. I have a fundamental problem with the idea of a constitutional amendment that would change yeah. our constitution in a way that practicing lawyers can't necessarily look at and understand what it applies to and what it doesn't. I mean, that to me, yeah. it's, it's, it's internally inconsistent that we may have yeah. a constitutional amendment to, to, to change the bail uh, availability provision of the Indiana Constitution in a way that not many of us can even understand. It seems to me yeah. to fly yeah. in the face of due process as well. It, very much so. I'm with you. And, and think about it. If you, you get if this passes and then you begin to get judges setting precedents that permit, you know, someone to be held without uh, bail for, again, possibly a nonviolent offense or a minor offense. And they're held. You get precedents set by judges. And um, what does it take to change it back? Well, that's going to take some time. You need two more legislative right. sessions, and the people have to, um, you know, to, to retract the amendment. So it's just, it's um, it takes so long to 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 undo what we might be doing too quickly that you know I, I think it's it's uh, we ought to go slower here and 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 more uh, carefully and narrowly tailor this particular. This particular amendment. You know the the example that came to my mind, Professor, is um, that there were people arrested on misdemeanors for the riots at the Capitol on January sixth, yeah. who were held in 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 DC jails for substantial periods of time. I I don't know whether this yeah. is true or not, but media reports are indicating some of these people are still in jail. Yeah. Um, that have never bonded out and have still not been convicted of anything necessarily. And it occurred to me that that might be a good example to think about here yeah. where a judge can say, well, look, you were a misdemeanor. You were essentially trespassing. And some of these people ultimately uh, who were involved in, in, in that, and listen, I don't condone that. I think you can call it a riot. I, uh, I don't condone the destruction of property. I don't condone uh, right. going on into the premises. I think it was a mistake, and, and I don't condone anything about it. But at the end of the yeah. day, some of these people ultimately were convicted of something like illegal parading yeah. as a misdemeanor. Yeah. Couldn't a judge say, well, gosh, if you were involved in a quote-unquote insurrection, as we hear so many people wanting to describe January 6th, then you want to overthrow the United States government, you must be a substantial risk to the community. And even though you've been only you've only been arrested on a nonviolent misdemeanor, I think you pose a substantial risk to the democracy of this country, therefore the safety of the yep. community, therefore I'm going to hold you in bail, in, excuse me, in jail with no bail under this new constitutional amendment. It seems to me that's totally feasible the way this is worded. It, it is indeed. I mean, this is exactly the thing that the, 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 the framers of the American revolutionaries fought against. I mean, the idea that somebody could be held uh, without bail indefinitely um, is, is crazy, really. And uh, uh, the other thing is that we have a slew of statutes already that give judges the power and the discretion 
to to hold people where they really are a danger. I mean, sexual predators can be held without bail. Mm-hmm. People who commit uh, murder where there's sufficient evidence that they may be uh, a threat. People who uh, with domestic violence. Um, people who there, there's even a statute that covers something like this that says if you can show by clear and convincing evidence that someone will be a threat to a particular person or the community. We already have this in the statutes. I mean, there's already plenty of discretion for judges to do this. And uh, this is just one of those situations where I think uh, some legislators uh, wanted to, um, to respond to recent events, understandably, uh, but uh, th- they want to do it so quickly and, in my opinion, um, you know, w- without enough thought to be able to sort of narrow this down, let's actually draft some language that's, uh, that's more narrowly tailored and, and that will – let's limit it, for, for starters, to, to people who have committed violent crimes where there's some risk of a violent crime in the future. That's the, for starters. That's something that, that could be you know, a way to begin to narrowly tailor this this uh, pr- provision. But it's just they're, they're, it's barreling through the legislature as it is. It's up for um, again a hearing and uh, um, and if it passes this week in the uh, in the Senate, then then again it has to pass next legislative session in the two houses. Wow, the train is moving. Yeah. Why not stop and, and take a closer look? Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes uh, our legislature, and this is true of our red flag statute, um, they, they, they did something uh, fueled by uh, a lot of intensity. We lost a beloved uh, then IPD police officer, um, and, and, and they, they put together a statute to address an immediate concern, an immediate need, and it was powered more by emotion, I think, um, than logic. And we wrote a really bad bill. We've been working to improve it and fix it and we've done so to a large degree but it's still imperfect and and my goodness with a constitutional amendment the ramifications to me it seems much 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 higher and more significant you mentioned there's a hearing this wednesday i believe in uh in um uh in uh in the house and that's in the courts and criminal code committee uh it's in the afternoon if people want to show up and voice their opinion i believe you'll be there will you not sir Uh, I think it's at 11 a.m. Okay, 11. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, people should should let your legislators and senators uh, know what you think about this. But again, it's it's uh, it's incredibly broad language. Uh, Anybody with a substantial risk, if some you know a liberal judge decides I don't like gun owners, uh, you're a gun owner. We're going to hold you till trial. Yeah. Yeah, because you're a substantial risk to the community. That, that's scary stuff. Well, yeah. uh, Doctor uh, Professor John Hill, uh, IU McKinney, uh, where I graduated, I think I probably was out of there a couple of decades before you, you came in. <laughs> Being an old guy myself. I'm, I'm sorry we missed you. <laughs> well, exactly. But uh, that's where I went to school, I'm proud to say. And thanks so much yeah. for joining us here uh, this afternoon school. on the Gun Guy Show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Kyle. All righty. Hey, I'll tell you what, we're way late. We'll come back for a very short segment when we come back here on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC.